This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. NIMBY or PIMBY depends on perspective. NIMBY, not in my backyard, or PIMBY, please in my backyard. I have been both, depending on what was coming. I have a lot of roads, airports, waste treatment plants, power or pipelines without it. That infrastructure benefits the public, and the interpretation of what is in the public interest is split, as are so many other things today. You are never going to get 100% of landowners to concede to an easement across their property without the final execution of eminent domain. That said, the argument against abuse of eminent domain may have started in my office, with opposition to the Rock Island Power Line, a proposed transmission line, unprecedented in the size of its footprint. There are lots of power lines, pipelines, and such that have been built where the value of the easement paid was a fraction of its market value. Eminent domain could be used to undermine market values for easements. They used the old traditional model for terms paid for easements and failed miserably to get takers. Navigator CO2 pipeline reportedly only secured 15% of needed easements in Illinois and failed to secure their proposed sequestration site in that state. A 100 million gallon ethanol plant can make an additional 25 million annually by reducing the carbon score of the ethanol they produce through CO2 sequestration. That improves the basis for all corn growers. Only one ethanol plant in Illinois was on the navigator line, so it would have locally benefited Illinois farmers very little. They did not pay landowners enough for easements and stuck by unfriendly terms. The Rock Island power line had a very similar experience, only securing 15% of needed easements. Well short of what was determined by precedent was needed for Iowa Utility Board approval. Some carbon solutions both paid up and stepped up terms for easements in a heretofore unprecedented attempt to secure voluntary easements, paying 100% up front. Southern has reportedly acquired 75% of needed easements voluntarily from landowners. The Dakota Access Pipeline got IUB approval with 75% voluntary easements. It remains to be seen whether the IUB has kept the goalpost fixed at 75%. I do not believe that all the remaining 25% opposed the pipeline, but included in the group are a very vocal, passionate opposition. To incentivize them to sell voluntary easements is precedent-setting. They will have reset the bar for what easements are worth for all such projects in the future that require easements on private property, thus the increased land values. An Illinois farmer who opposed the Navigator project, in part because they crossed his patterned tiled farm crosswise, making a point of contact with all tile lines. By contrast, an Illinois neighbor, who recently purchased a poorly tiled farm, signed an easement with Navigator in order to pay for tiling. We talked with a farmer who had just signed a contract for two wind turbines and was asked for a pipeline easement, who was self-conscious of his good fortune, feeling like he had won the lottery. These payments would reduce the principal on the farm loan. For every farmer who sees these projects from a NIMBY perspective, there are many others who have come to the conclusion that they wish that Summit would move their pipeline onto their property incentivized by what they are paying for easements. The star of this show for CO2 carbon sequestration is the state of North Dakota. It has the right geology and the right regulatory environment to put enormous amounts of CO2 in the ground. North Dakota and Wyoming have primacy over the EPA on regulatory issues, 
They do not have to cater to the feds. There are only a few states with the right geology for carbon sequestration. The first requirement is they are not included in an active seismic zone. When they inject CO2 in the formation, it should stay there. Iowa is not in the seismic frequency zone, but doesn't have the right geology. It takes both. Understandably, North Dakota Governor Doug Burnham is a strong proponent of CO2 sequestration. Summit has secured their sequestration site in North Dakota. Local developers said other plans for the land near Bismarck that Summit initially wanted to cross, and they blocked approval. Summit is moving the pipeline 13 miles, which should solve the hang-up in North Dakota. There are eight carbon capture partners in South Dakota, and another six that were part of the Indian Navigator pipeline that could conceivably hook on to Summit. That would be a huge home run knocked out of the park for South Dakota, which I think will force their regulatory reconsideration. will competitively be challenged if they do not get their CO2 captured and monetized. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds supports CO2 pipelines, which should ultimately carry the day. She is a PIMBY, not an NIMBY. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.